This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Lakeland Zombie Fest Terminal V. Thousands of thousands of zombie enthusiasts are already planning their zombie costumes and apocalypse survivor gear. This year's Zombie Fest 2016 will include local bands and entertainers along with how-to and discussion panels. There will be several costume contests and cosplayers. Zombie Fest always has an eclectic variety of vendors serving food and sharing their merchandise. And don't forget also, there's tons of stuff for the kids. There's bounce houses, there's fun areas for the kids, there's face painting. Also, don't forget about the scare houses and the scare zones. Also, Scott Finster of Sci-Fi's Face Off fame will be there live at the show doing zombie makeup effects. And he's also been on the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce multiple times. You definitely want to check it out. You're definitely going to want to go to Lakeland Zombie Fest. It's going to be from 2 p.m. till midnight at the Sun and Fun here in Lakeland. So go check them out. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Hello, internets. My name is Johnny Womack. Of course, I have my main man, my partner in crime, my co-captain on this wild ride of the happy hour, Deuce. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Uh, we are the happy hour with Johnny Deuce. We're a twice-weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And every single episode of the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with a good old Deuce salute. Yes, sir. And I was hoping you were going to stop flapping them gums. I needed, a, I needed <laughs> yep. another one quick. Yep. Cheers, cheers, sir. Cheers, 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 sir. And drink responsibly for those at home. Drink responsibly. And if you're not drinking, you got your sweet teas and your sodas, well, you can still drink with us. So the happy hour is all about state of mind, right, Deuce? That is very true. So it's a state of mind. And we love to have friends with us on the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. And we got to meet this cool cat back at Lakeland Zombie Fest last year. He's, like, just one of the coolest dudes lay, lay down to earth i mean we've had him on before and like he's just so cool he's also a very 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 talented uh special effects makeup artist and i mean the guy does prosthetics he does everything he does uh uh toys like he's done everything uh we have the amazing mr scott finster from sci-fi's face off welcome back to the happy hour with johnny and deuce Hey guys, it's good to be back on. It's good to see your faces this time on Skype. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's actually really, really cool. And it's good to see you too, man. Um, I just wanted to come out the gate running and tell us what all you got going on. Because I know you got Lakeland Zombie Fest is going to be this Saturday coming up. So you don't want to miss that. Um, and you're going to be there for that. What all are you going to be doing this Saturday? Well, we've got we've got a bunch going on. We've got a demo that's going to be uh, a regular zombie, similar to what you saw last time. Only we're going to have our special model, the Walking Ted, um, and he's gotten so much attention. It's funny because we go to shows now and people are asking for his autograph. Wow! Uh, but he he has gotten a lot of attention. That's awesome. Um, uh, my question to you is like I remember last year. Uh, so for those at home, just to get a little sneak preview, like you're actually going to. Um, do from the essentially from the you're going to do all your makeup work right there on the spot right right basically what they're going to see if they're fr fans of uh sci-fi's face off they're going to see face off live uh we basically have an hour hour and a half to to get ted looking from a normal joe to uh, a decaying zombie um so the good thing that i like about zombie fest especially is the crowd there's a lot of excitement a lot of energy 
and they always come with a lot of good questions. So as I'm working on the on the zombie, just like last time, uh, people can ask questions and I can answer them. Um, a lot of times they they don't know what they don't know. So they're whether they're trying to do uh, zombie makeups on the cheat or trying to get into special effects makeup, I try to field all the questions that they have. Yeah, because it's not only just like an, it's awesome just to watch you do your thing, but it's also a uh, a learning session as well. People can kind of learn and get ideas, and you know, learn the way you do things might be different than what they do, and like it's it's a fun, entertaining thing to watch, even if you're not a special effects artist. But it's also cool, like if you're kind of getting into the field, you kind of get to see someone that's you know an expert at their craft. Exactly, exactly, and you know, a lot of times you can find diamonds in the rough. People that just need that extra little bit of information to go from being, you know, kind of, uh, you know, basement type special effects to something that could be more screen worthy or win them some costume contests. Yeah, that's really neat. And I remember last year, dude, it's like, it was cool to see like people uh, coming up and like, you know, asking questions and going up and kind of getting a closer look and like, and, and just kind of, and I the, love kids, the kids too, the kids up, are yeah. really cool. Like kids are just like, wow, that's fascinating. Because you were literally like, I don't know like how you look at it because you, you probably look at it with different eyes uh, because you know, you're in the field. But for us, you know, yeah. you know, uh, us, you know, uh, outsiders, outsiders looking, in. looking in, it's like it, it literally you're transforming someone before our eyes. It's like you're doing magic. You're like a magician. You're like doing <laughs> something really cool because like they literally transform into someone else. So it's like, that's how you know, A, that's how you know you're really good. Uh, and B, it's just like, it's 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 very surreal when you finally see that finished product, you know, that, that finished model. It's unbelievable because, like, it gives that, especially at Lakeland Zombie Fest, like, there's an extra creep vibe, that creepy, like, ooh, I, I'm, like, standing next to a real-life zombie and, like, it, it kind of messes with your brain a little bit. It's it's really neat, like, that whole process. It does, and it's funny to, to watch you know people see that happen uh, because they see this guy sitting down in the chair without any makeup at all, and he's just a normal guy. And you know, an hour and a half later, they're afraid of him. And it's like, dude, you know, it's a guy in the makeup. <laughs> but um, they get very excited about it, and, and obviously, it's it's part of Ted's job to also sell the makeup. So that has a lot to do with it. When he gets out of there and looks like he's been rotten in the ground for a couple of days, uh, you know, that that sells the makeup as well. Well, that's cool too, because like you, you're introducing a whole new generation of people that may not necessarily know. Like they might just be a computer artist or whatever. Now they're getting to see the whole other side of it, the the way you grew up learning and stuff. And I think that's really fascinating. Like Deuce and I kind of equate it to like, uh, you know, like you know, radio. Like radio was like the forefather of podcasting. Like we we looked up to like the radio part of it. Now we're yeah. learning from that and so on. But like you're introducing a whole new generation to kids uh you know how to do this makeup stuff and i think that's you know if anything that's one of the coolest things is that you're you know you're showing people that might not really know how it works and actually shows like the walking dead kind of like you know it's like a love letter to that too because like before it you know everyone got into the whole digital age in the 90s like the late 90s and it was all green screen and, and nothing was real practical effects that's why i love like when you know you see like jj abrams or someone like that that's coming back and like making real i mean you must have been like a a kid in a candy factory when you saw The Force Awakens. Like, I mean, he's doing all these real practical effects and, like, Muppets and puppets and, like, like that's got to that, – that must have been an awesome experience from your perspective, being able to see stuff that on film. Oh, yeah, I like seeing that. Um, you know, there there has to be that love affair with practical effects, and J.J. really does bring that to the fore. Um, you know, but but the thing is about, about J.J. also is that he is such a, a freak for nostalgia that everything about, you know – 
you tried to go for a certain temperature with Star Wars Force Awakens that as a fan, it just put me over the top. You know, I mean, even shooting it on 35 rather than digital media, you know, I'm all for technology and everything like that. But when you're trying to ha have this cohesive universe, it was really nice to see some of the, you know, the old tools being used and, and how they did them back when George Lucas made the successful trilogy. Well, yeah, <laughs> like what you said there, the successful uh, trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement there. Like, you know, I also feel like the the prequels, like we've had like 15 years of bad Star Wars or longer than that, and we're just sitting here like, oh man, what are we gonna do? And then the Force Awakens comes out, and like Star Wars has never been gone; it's always been there. But I feel like it reinvigorated the franchise, especially for the older fans like us yeah, that grew up, heads that the people that grew up it, and were yeah. fans from the beginning, you know. And like, I feel like it kind of reinvigorated our passions. Like, you're like, I know I love Star Wars, but. Now I'm like I really do love Star Wars. Like it's in my DNA, you know, and like that I think yeah. that's really cool that it you know fandoms and stuff like that. Like you see like uh like JJ Abrams doing a really good job with you know with Star Wars and, and even the new Star Trek Beyond was really good and like he you know, he he's kinda like making things good and fun and, and, and you have like the old the old zombie, because, like, zombies are cool again, you know? Like, it went through that phase, you know, where it wasn't, like, no one really talked much about it, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah. bam! It's like zombie video games, zombie television shows. I mean, it's it's everywhere, and it's, like, all a part of... It's just, like, part of pop culture now. Like the people, lexicon, if you will, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's really fascinating to see that that revival, that renaissance, if you will, of, you know, of the zombie and special effects and, and uh, you know, a lot more. I think a lot of independent filmmakers are getting their chance to kind of show some stuff off, too, because they're like, hey, we don't have to have a huge budget because you said something about making stuff on the cheap. Like, you don't have to necessarily break the bank to do special effects. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of the, the best effects are the cheapest. You can still rely on, you know, old favorites like latex and, and cotton if it's done right. Um, and what I tell people that are, you know, into that, uh, that go to the costume contests and, you know, go to the Walker Stalker cons and stuff, you know, you, you see good makeups like that and bad makeups like that. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't diminish, you know, people that do latex effects. They're still, you know, they're still a good effect, but it's my, my word of caution to them is, you know, no anatomy, know how things work. And, you can make something out of nothing any day of the week. I mean, we did it all the time back in the 80s and 90s. You have a very small budget or you're doing something yourself. Uh, you have to make it look good. So, I mean, sometimes you can't always afford to do the prosthetics or you don't know how. But you can build up a brow with latex and, and cotton. It's it's knowing how to work the materials to get the best result. But I'm all for zombies coming back, man. I mean, as far as... You know, the kitsch level going down and the quality level going up. What we've seen on Walking Dead has kind of raised the bar. You have, you know, Zombieland and, and Walking Dead. Of course, Shaun of the Dead was a, a good nod to the old, but also brought him up into the, you know, the, the current kind of expectation. But you see the, the transformation. People are into it. And God bless, uh, you know, uh, Walking Dead for bringing that back, first in the comic and then in the, the television, because people are all about that. They, they love it. Well, and speaking of something that you just brought up that I didn't want to jump past, the Walker Stalker Con, I've seen you've been doing a lot of work with our boy Cecil Grimes and doing a lot of makeup work with him, and you've just been doing some stellar stuff, man. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. I mean, you're going with uh, with someone like Cecil Grimes or Chris Twillman or any of the guys that do The Walking Dead uh, cosplays. They have a whole fandom on their own. And going to one of their shows, um, you, of course, get to meet a lot of those fans and 
Uh, they've known of my work and, and heard of me doing things that hasn't even been public knowledge. So it was kind of cool, uh, you know, for those two forces to come together, me help promoting him and him helping to promote me to a new audience. Well, it was crazy, too, because like, my wife and I actually went to Tampa Bay Comic Con um, this past year. It was crazy to see, like, the line and, like, the crazy... Just, yeah, Cecil's booth is legit, man. Like, they had it all, like, like chained up, and, like, you had, like, Chris Trollman the was there. Tower, and, like, yeah. oh, it was insane. And then you had, like, a, a zombie in there as well, I think. Yeah. And, like, it was just so crazy. And, like, uh, you were there, too, right? Uh, Tampa Bay, yes. Yeah. I didn't even get to say hi to you. That's how busy it was over there. Like, we walked around a few times. Like, oh, yeah, well, you didn't even get to say hi to Cecil no. because the line was so long. You were like, because he's our boy and we love him to death and we love you to death. But I was MIA that day because I had. I was in You're Jamaica. Jamaica. That's Jamaica. what I was. I was in Jamaica. But yeah. he was like, man, I tried to see Scott and I tried to see Cecil, but you that line are, that, was It intense. was packed every day. Yeah. We went there all three days, and I was just like, oh, my God, I can't even get in line. It was so packed. So good for you guys. Yeah, I'm very happy for you guys. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We got busy, and, you know, there were people that came. Oh, I saw you at Tampa. I don't remember seeing them because it's like we were so busy with getting the makeup done for the actual booth. But then uh, I started doing something new at, at Tampa Bay Comic Con tried it in the past and it just got too busy with everything but actually doing some small appliances on people so we had people lined up doing little appliances that they can put on you know uh they come to me i put them on and paint them up and they look ready for the for the you know for the camera did you do a kid did you do a little kid that day (laughs) i did i did the littlest kid is actually my kid she's only two years old but she is going to be the next uh, Jack Pierce, I swear. She is, like, so into this stuff, she won't stay out of my makeup bag. So much that she just had her, her second birthday, and my wife and I are going to be working on a little present for her, a little sculpture stand, a little miniature sculpture stand, and, and makeup bag of her own, because she fights me for the brushes now. I'm trying <laughs> to do a, a little appliance on her, and, and she wants to do her own painting. Because there was course, this little girl her. there. There was this little girl there that was all, like, zombied out. I'm like, holy crap, that's amazing. I didn't realize yeah. that was her. That's hilarious. Yeah, we, we have her. Uh, I mean, I get, you know, as long as their parents are with them, I don't mind doing makeup on anyone. Uh, of course, you always have to run through the allergen warnings and make sure that they're not going to be allergic or have sensitive skin to the alcohols that are used. But for the most part, they come up and they're ready to go, man. I mean, and they're the ones that are saying, no, I want my throat ripped out. Okay, <laughs> we can do that. Uh, Mom, Dad, is that okay? And then you got to get their permission. And yeah, go ahead, rip her throat out. So uh, it, it's kind of funny, but also morbid at the same time. Do you see like an, like a more of like an introduction to younger kids that are that are like getting into this stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I saw it um, a lot when I was on Face Off, and they were airing those, uh, you know, regular regular program. Um, but, you know, you see people coming up of all ages. I, I think my youngest fan, she's probably been with me the longest. She's 11 now, but when she started following me around at these shows, she was like 8 or 9. Wow. So, I mean, uh, the affinity for special effects when I first got into it, I was like four years old. I saw 1931's Boris Karloff Frankenstein and I was hooked. So now kids that same age are watching Walking Dead and seeing the movies that come out and um, they're into that. And I know it sounds crazy, you know, so young getting into that, but it's a different audience. It, the four-year-olds and five-year-olds, 10-year-olds nowadays are not like we were. Um, you know, they have been subjected to so much more through you know, social media and the internet and, of course, their parents kind of loosening up. My, my mom and dad wouldn't let me watch monster movies like that, uh, ironically. 
Um, but now you see a whole generation of kids that are, are seeing these things uh, because their parents are allowing them a little bit younger. Uh, there's the argument whether or not I support that, but I mean, if the kid is able to handle it like mine are, mine see their, their papa get made up, and they're like, oh, it's just papa. So, um, you know, it just depends on the kid, but all ages, man. Well, I think that, and that's something you just brought up, I think it was a great thing with Face Off because I've got a couple of my friends. Now, this was like season one, season two of Face Off, and their kids were younger. They'd let them watch Face Off. Now, they wouldn't let them watch scary movies or monster movies kind of like your parents did, but they just right. kind of fell in love with it. Like, that's their favorite show. They watch that show every week because they just got so engrossed by the makeup effects and how cool they were, and they're like, well, we can let them watch this because there's no violence or anything. They're just making the people up. Up, and they really kind of got that bug and now that they're in you know late middle school early high school they can watch some of the scarier movies now but they can actually have an appreciation for the work they're seeing because they've watched oh my god what is face off on now like 15 seasons or something ridiculous like there's been a bajillion seasons it seems like a face off and they've watched every one so they have a, an appreciation for what they're watching now oh yeah and they get to see how it's um how it's actually applied and, and everything like that. The biggest thing I hear about about uh, Face Off is they want to see more of the behind-the-scenes stuff. They see a lot of the action and a little bit of the drama and stuff. There isn't a whole lot of drama on Face Off. No. But it's like they see a little bit of that, but then nothing of the behind-the-scenes. You know, how do you do this? How do you make mold? So uh, that's one of the things actually we're working on now is uh, an education series on uh, every every aspect of prosthetic makeup from from doing an alginate life cast or a silicone life cast all the way to applying your piece and wearing it and fabricating elements to go with it. So that's kind of been the popular request since I, since I was on face off is will you do a class? Will you do something that we can, uh, you know, actually learn from? And yes, we're looking at a couple of different uh, venues um, uh, through uh, small uh, television circuits, like uh, through different uh, outlets like Bright House and stuff yeah. like that, that have, smaller programming and then of course podcasts and pay as you go kind of classes online as well as once we get our, our studio up and running next year I actually have a physical place for people to come to and you know take these classes and see how they how they fit into special effects because it's such a broad thing yeah. you say special effects what part of special effects are you interested in right. lab work are you you want to sculpt and mold and that sort of thing do you want to go to set and apply um, so, you know, when someone comes to me at a convention and says, Hey, I want to be a special effects artist. What part of that game do you want to play? Because there's so much to it. And hopefully these classes will help to define where people fall just by natural selection. Yeah. And it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, me, when we talked about Star Wars earlier, you know, we're, we're all, the three of us are big Star Wars nuts. And I feel like Dennis Murin, like that, the special oh, effects, yeah. like main guy on the original Star Wars film. Like he he was overseeing everything, like because it was like making like the the props and the and making like the the sculptures and then doing like the X-wing fighters and making sure that they're doing. They did a lot of work with miniatures, which is really cool because miniatures give that like like uh, uh, I don't know like a, a texture like a textual like a yeah they they need to bring that back more. Yeah, because right. It, there's it, a it looks to there's it. a texture to it that, that you you don't get with. That, you know, like if you do green screen and, and CG, that you get lost. But like if you have like the miniature, there's like a a, sembl a semblance of realism there. That's really like, oh yeah, it tricks yeah, your brain because it really exists. Right. You know, that's the that's the cool thing about that. And you know, when you see all of these guys, also they were pioneers back in the day with industrial light magic. They came from you know shooting commercials. 
um, and, and George Lucas lucked into assembling a really good team of people that knew what they were doing and kind of revolutionized uh, what miniature photography would look like for the screen, all the computerized motion, uh, motion capture cameras. Um, you know, it, it still exists. People do still like to do that, but I can see that people have also gotten lazy where they model one ship and do a 360, and then all of a sudden they can have 100 of those ships. Whereas back in our day when we watched making of Star Wars Return of the Jedi, remember that scene at the end, the battle with the Death Star 2, they said this is a record number of composite shots. There were so many, and they said it was like 50, 50 different shots that were composited. Nowadays, that's, you know, we blow that out of the water with CGI, but I think somewhere in there is the balance. If they have, you know, practical effects married to CGI, then it gives you that look. Why not make a model, you know, and, and shoot that, scan it in, and use that as your base? Then you have a marrying of the organic and the, the realistic look with the CGI capability. Well, that's what J.J. Abrams did. There's that there's that scene in the movie uh, where the the Tie Fighters landed, crash landed, and he he married all three of those. He had a miniature of the Tie Fighter. He had built a real Tie Fighter uh, on the set, uh, you know, with the wings going up, and then he also had a CG uh, set of it, you know, imploding into the sand or whatever. So like he used all three, and I thought that was fascinating to watch the the behind the scenes of it. And you're just like, because it helps the actor too, because the actor's like, I have something I can act to. You know, it's not like exactly. oh. Act to this green screen, or act to this little whatever it is, like tennis you act, ball on a tennis stick, ball on yeah. a stick. You know, George Lucas is infamous for that. You know, with the uh, prequels, and uh, it's like, oh, here's a little stick. All right, all right. Uh, you know, Academy Award winning Ewan McGregor, you're gonna put all of your like, you know, emotion into this this stick with a ball on it. You know, there's there's something in there that's missing there when you have like an actual organic like when Finn sees that Tie Fighter and it's wrecked. Like you feel for him, he f you know that that uh, Poe Dameron is in that Tie Fighter, and is he yeah. dead or alive? And you're like, but because that miniature is there as well from the top, it looks like it's actually there physically, and it like it, right. it, it like fools your brain, and it, it it it's awesome. It's like people need yeah. to go see that film. I think it's a really awesome way of showing people how to make good films, and also being able mm -hmm. to use uh you know all the different types of effects. Yeah, I think they need to uh, use that in film schools everywhere because, I mean, he really was uh, a fantastic director for that. And he brought the sensibilities that we grew up with, with the available uh, tools that are that are here today, um, which is sometimes the thing is, you know, CGI, if it's used as a tool and not a crutch, I think it's an effective thing. But people tend to, um, you know, rely on it a little bit too, too heavily. And it definitely shows in the performances. You look at Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor compared to the actor that the actors that played Poe Dameron and, and Finn and there is definitely more of an, an emotion because it's just as important for a director to pull his cast in to that world as it is the audience you know when you go and sit in front of the theater you're in that world that he's created but if he hasn't created that world for the actors that are portraying those characters they kind of get lost and and the the performances are flat well that's why I had a question for you was you know, about the whole... Have you ever learned anything about CG work? No, I've, I've always been a practical effects guy. I know when to defer to uh, the CGI masters, um, and I have had a chance to talk to people about projects upcoming uh, where, you know, like perfect example, makeups that just might not work as a practical makeup. For example, Red Skull. 
Red Skull has hollows and he has the no nose and things like that, or zombies that you can see through. Those are practical effects that then are green screened out where applicable, and then those green screen elements are are basically you know edited out. So you get something that that looks very realistic. But I've worked with people on that on that end. You know how to marry perfectly what I do physically with what they do digitally. Yeah, you know it's funny. It reminds me of like back when Disney stopped doing the hand-drawn animated films and they started experimenting with CG. Like I think they started off with like the Lion King or Aladdin, I think it was, and like you could see that there was definitely like a difference. Like when Aladdin's on that carpet and he's going and spinning around, like no yeah. one's drawing that by hand, you know. Like, and it's all like you know CG in the computer. And there's like I like when you can you have a hard time telling. Like th- this is the problem I had, and not to get on the Jurassic World rant because Jurassic World had some cool things in it, but whenever you see the camera do things that you wouldn't be able to do normally with a real camera, that's when it breaks reality for me. Like I always talk about that, the trailer where he's on the bike, Chris Pratt's on the bike and he has the Raptors running with him. And then you see the camera going in and out and underneath the branches and through the bike. And like that, that's not, you couldn't do that with a real camera, you know, like, and I think that kind of, for me breaks the reality. Uh, and there's also that famous shot. I love Joss Whedon to death, but there's that famous shot in Avengers where there's a glass uh, walkway and you're actually the camera goes through the glass walkway to go up to the characters. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of just takes me out of the moment real quick and, and then I have to yeah. like readjust. But that's why I love what, you know, when you see films like, I know we keep going back to the force awakens, but like, I love when you see films like that where it's kind of like, or if you look at like sin city, for example, I think mm-hmm. sin city had a really cool mix as, as well. Like you had, you had the nice, green screen background with the colors and all that for the black the, the wash but they did as much as they could on set with the actual makeup and the and the faces and and all that like you've got to like get excited whenever you see stuff like that like from your point of view like seeing like all the different prosthetics and just different things they're doing and like you got to look at it with different eyes so to speak like that's that's oh yeah that's got to be cool for you be like oh i know how they did that or oh i would have done this differently you know you're, you're you're racking your brain with ideas whenever you, and you're always learning too you're a student as well Oh yeah, when when you see something new, when you uh, see something that is kind of uh, oops, we got a screaming baby. Sorry about that. Um, when you see something new or that that raises the bar, um, oh, I'm always excited about that. Sin City was definitely one of those. Um, even 300, for that matter, with what they did, um, you know, the the subtle makeups and the things like that 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 were that were visible in that movie, and there are a number of others. I personally, I am drawn to the makeups you don't know are makeups. You know, when you see a movie like, say, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, one of my all-time favorite artists designed that makeup. And, you know, he, he Greg Canham, he, he just did a phenomenal job. And most of the times people say, how did you find an actor that looked so much like Brad Pitt? Or in certain scenes with, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Saving Private Ryan, there were old age shots with Matt Damon, you know, as he was aging. And same thing, you know, how do you... How do you create a makeup that's totally believable? Because you can make an alien, and no one's seen an alien. They don't know what an alien looks like. So, you know, you can make it look like anything. But we see humans all the time. We see aging humans all the time. And if something isn't right, if there isn't a proper mass sag to the cheeks or the jowls or something like that, we're going to notice it as, as moviegoers. And it's very hard to fool the eye when it comes to realistic old age effects and and what they call transformative effects, someone making an actor look like Lincoln, for, for example. I'm going to fire off a couple of movies. This just came to my head. Tell me what your thought, thoughts were on the movie. Mrs. Doubtfire. 
oh, I loved it. Another Greg Canham. Uh, you know, you take someone with very, very recognizable features like Robin Williams, and you turn him into this little old lady. Uh, it was it was brilliant, brilliant. And the coloration that they did, because back then it was all foam. There was no silicone. So they layered and textured and, and added all of this detail to these makeups and made them look like real skin, even though there was no translucency to them at all. So that's fascinating, too, because I didn't realize, like, I, see, I, I'm so, like, new to all this. Like, I didn't even know that that's how they used to do it. Like, so, see, even uh, Deuce and I love sitting underneath the learning tree. And we love yeah. to learn things. And, like, so that's why we love to have you on. We always learn new things. And, like, it's fascinating to kind of see how that works. I had my, uh, another, uh, uh, I'll do a show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show. Uh, Buffy, oh, now you're in optic nerve territory. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I, I have to uh, tip my hat to them and like the old Star Trek Next Generation because we have to remember, these series were, were episodic television. They did one of these basically a week. So for the makeup guys to come up with a design, a cohesive sculpt, apply it, have it work the way that it does. I like it. And I mean, so many different demons and vampires, all with their own signature look. Uh, it was a massive undertaking for anyone. But, you know, that that show, just for the sheer numbers, they need to get some major points. Yeah, definitely. And I also had a question about when you're working with blood. Like, how... how like, because whenever I watch it as an audience member, just as like a average show blow, like I'm always fascinated by the amount of volume of blood and the way the color of the blood looks. Like, is there a certain uh thing you have to know as a special effects artist? Like, hey, this is what blood looks like when it's from a different artery, or like, how do you how do you learn all that stuff when it comes to blood? Um, you know, we're we're actually very lucky now because the internet gives us so many tools as far as that goes. But yeah, there's definitely like a capillary blood that's usually more oxygenated. Then you have arterial blood. You have, you know, almost like a bile blood if it's from, you know, it's all knowing, um, you know, anatomy and how it works. But, you know, you have another element. You talk about the learning tree. When you actually see how this blood that you work so long to perfect, how it looks in front of cer cer uh, certain lighting, you know, the temperature of certain lighting, or is it digital or is it a traditional film? Because sometimes that can change how it looks. Um, it can change the hue. It can change how it refracts light. Um, you know, so even something as simple as blood winds up being this major. Okay, we got to have a hundred makeup tests before we determine what blood we want to use. Some look too light on screen. Some look too dark. So you kind of have to play with it and find out what what's going to look best for that filming environment. Well, because you have shows too that. Um that deal with prosthetics like every episode like Dexter for example you had like the the victims so, like a lot of the times if it wasn't the real body they had like limbs and attachments they had to put onto the body and they had blood and like they would throw in the little maggots in there as they're eating away at the flesh like there's all that attention to detail that like the you know as an audience maybe you're like oh well that's just cool looking but like it's it's got to be a little bit different when you're working on it like in an episodic like a weekly thing and you you've got to set it up like because you talked to us before about how, like, you do your, like, full-size bust and, like, how there's, like, this whole process involved and whatnot. But, like, when you're doing, like, a, a full body, because, like, you've had to do, like, full body stuff for uh, uh, sci-fi's face-off. Like, how does that work for you, like, when you have to do a full body as opposed to just, like, a head? Well, it's it's all in timing and, and of course, budget. Um, to me, a torso is just as much a likeness as a, as a face. Um, you know, you could take... Uh, one actor's face and put it on a different body and all of a sudden it doesn't look like it. Perfect examples are two of the pieces that I did 
um, the Gandalf and the Cornelius that people enjoy so much. Oh, love the Cornelius. Um, so you know, I couldn't use the same mannequin body for both of those because Roddy McDowell, he always kind of hunches over and, you know, other actors, uh, you know, like, you know, Ian McKellen, he stands more, you know, tall. So it just depends on the character. But, you know, when you're doing a body, it's just as much a likeness. And how is it going to be used? You think of these, these, um, you know, the shows like CSI and different, different shows, Dexter, where they actually have these bodies flayed open. Then you really do have to almost be a medical doctor to figure out what everything is, where it goes, how it works. Um, so it's a whole new le level of, of expertise that you have to interject into your work, even the way blood works on things, because the biggest problem that we had with blood in the past, whether it was Cairo syrup or anything like that, was you ever see the movies where the blood just beads up on the skin? Blood doesn't do that. It has things in it uh, like uh, fibrogen and different things that make it clot to you. So it doesn't beat up. So you actually have to figure out a way of getting it to run naturally, not beat up, not kind of spider vein away and stay behind uh, like real blood would. Um, so even something like that, like I said, it becomes a major task when you're trying to go for that realism. And, you know, I, I've done a lot of work in the medical moulage industry where, you know, it counts. E EMTs and trainee doctors are actually looking at these wounds and trying to diagnose them. Um, so it has to be right on. And, uh, you know, you, you learn a lot from experiences like that. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because shows like Bones and Dexter, they actually had forensic teams on there to, like, talk to mm -hmm. talk to the special effects artist and be like, hey, this is where this should be, and this is how the blood should be, yeah. and the color. Like, it's cool when you have a full team there to help you out as well. Oh, yeah. Have you guys heard of something called the Body Farm? No, I cannot say I have. Uh, a Body Farm is used mostly in forensics where they have, you know, donated uh, basically for science. They take these bodies. And they put them out in these fields and and they see how they decompose and it helps them when they're do, dealing with forensics but for the first time special effects artists and their designers have actually been going to body farms and seeing what they look like wow. so that's i mean fascinating. that's why it's getting so much harder to fool the audience you know i mean back in the day we would look at an effect and say that doesn't look like it would be real when you compare it to reality right but in fact it's quite the opposite what we see on film nowadays is getting to be so realistic that um even doctors are like wow that's cool that that that's cool me <laughs> well it's cool like when you talk about shawn of the dead shawn of the dead earlier and how uh -huh. like there's the part where they're ripping open this guy and they're going in for the the organs and all that but you've got to have like the organs in the right spot for it to look right and like and they're pulling out the intestines and munching on the intestines and like all that stuff is just like fascinating because they, they're literally ripping into the flesh and you're like you as a special effects artist have to be like all right how is this going to look on camera like if i were to actually physically put my fingers into somebody's stomach like how would that stretch and pull and like and the translucence to that and it's just fascinating the the you guys think there's so much more to it than hey, it looks it looks cool. Like you actually have to yeah. like, how does this react? Like how does the body react? To, and that, right. it's a science almost. Oh yeah, well I mean even in something like that nowadays we have access to a lot more materials that we didn't have in the past. So you have silicone that has you know different durometers, and durometers is just basically how stretchy it is. So you have some that are pretty firm, and then you have others that are almost like jello. And those work together in special effects, where you can have um, different textures to your to your uh, sinews and stuff when you're you have a heart and lungs and maybe intestines and stuff like that. It kind of comes to a science where 
you know, the different barometers come together and it actually looks real. That's, I mean, I, I feel like in, the, in these 30 minutes, I've learned so much already. Like, I, so people have to like, you know, get with you and, and go see you at live events and stuff. And you're also on your Instagram is uh, Scott's Toy Box. They can go find your pictures as well. Uh, we're Absolutely. G- we're going to take a small break and we'll be right back with the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. All right. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Free Play Florida. Guys, you do not want to miss it. It is one of the greatest conventions going on today. And it's all about retro gaming, which is something here at the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We absolutely love and adore. They've got all your retro game favorites from classic consoles to also your favorite classic arcade cabinets. And don't forget that the... Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is the official podcast. And, of course, your boy Deuce is the voice of Free Play Florida. You don't want to miss it. Johnny, when is Free Play Florida? It's going to be November 11th through the 13th, 2016 at the beautiful Doubletree Hotel in Orlando, Florida. Johnny, who all is going to be there? We've got the amazing CEO and spokesperson for Sega, Nathan Barnett, as well as video game historian Walter Day, and creator of some of the biggest titles, Rampage, Xenophobe, Disc of Tron, Satan's Hollow, Star Trek Voyager, and many more, Mr. Brian Colon, pinball designers Gary Stern and Jersey Jack will be there on display with their beautiful pinball machines, player of the century and star of King of Kong, Billy D. Mitchell, and world record holders Richie Knuckles and Todd Rogers will be there on display. And speaking of world record holders, there's going to be multiple world record attempts going on that weekend on a ton of different games. You don't want to miss it. You want to be there at the Doubletree by Hilton in Orlando. November 11th to the 13th. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour Hour with Johnny Johnny and Deuce Deuce sent you. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by... RetroGameTreasure.com Get real retro games for the old school consoles you love delivered to your door every month. They have consoles like the NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, PlayStation 1, Game Boy, Game Boy Advanced, and more. Tell them the type of games you like and what games you already own so you don't get duplicates. You even get a wish list. It's not a rental service. And best yet, you keep the games. Use promo code HAPPYHOUR and save $2 off your first month. Learn more at RetroGameTreasure.com and don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. back with the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. I'm Johnny. And I'm Deuce. Me and Deuce got the amazing effects artist, makeup artist. The dude does it all. Scott Finster from Scott's Toy Box. He's on Instagram and you can follow his work. Uh, he's going to be at Lakeland Zombie Fest as well. Deuce, 
What is up with this uh, shallow grave thing I see on I four every day when I'm going to Lakeland? Well, actually, it, it's it's right down the street from my office. Oh, is it? It's not on I four. It's actually kind of back in this industrial complex, for lack of word, better word, Scott. Yeah, it's it's in a very unassuming warehouse. It's, yeah, it's kind of spooky just looking at the warehouse. Oh yeah, because it's right next to the train tracks. Like it looks like something out of a horror movie. But there's an, there's a billboard on I four though. Yeah, they've got a yeah, billboard. Yeah, I see on it on I four yeah. all the time when I'm driving to drop. Um, our third member off, uh, Brandy uh, and Lakeland. I'm always seeing this like guy, like looking to the right or whatever, and I'm like, "Whoa, what is this?" And it's a like haunted house, and I'm like, "Whoa, what is this?" So uh, yeah, Scott, tell us all about it. Yeah, you're seeing Thaddeus. That's like the spokes killer for uh, Shallow Grave. The Shallow Grave is in Winter Haven, and they actually contacted me, so I'm the the head of makeup over there uh, for this season, um, and we're going until November fifth. Um, it's the second week since we opened, had a very solid opening despite rain on Saturday. Uh, we still did really well. We're hitting the ground running. Uh, we have like 67 characters, uh, wow. that we have to make up at one point or another in one way or another. Um, but we have walkers out front. We have full makeups inside. It's a scary haunt. And the good thing I like is, A, it's local for our people here in Polk County, and it's way cheaper than going to, like, a Halloween Horror Nights or a Hollow Scream. So it gives people that might be on a little bit more of a budget, like, a really, really good, high-quality haunt that's still top-notch and super high-level, but at an affordable price point for people. Yeah, and, and that's why I signed up for it, man. I mean, uh, Joe Phillips, the, the owner and operator of this, he spared no expense. This is a passion for him. So when you see the sets in broad daylight, you are spooked out. Um, and then much less, you know, when we're actually doing the haunt and everything's off and the low lighting and the atmosphere of music. And it, it's an incredible haunt for the money. I mean, it's only like $25. And for that entry fee, you get two two houses. You get one that is uh, more like you're, you're through Thaddeus's house and going through that uh, morbid, almost like a Texas Chainsaw kind of vibe. Then the other one, you start out in uh, a, a bad place, and it just gets worse from there. It's more insane asylum-based. Uh, so the makeups are a big part of that, but when you are in that full immersion environment and you see the sets, it's unreal. Well, i got to say, that's a heck of a deal. 25 bucks, and you're getting two houses. That's, that's a great deal, and it gives you a whole night's worth of entertainment. Oh, yeah, I mean... The thing that amazes me is people pay to go. They'll come early and kind of congregate in the parking lot. Because we even have walkers in the parking lot where before you even get in, you're getting, you know, scared out of your mind. But we have them in the in the parking lot. And then um, they hang around, congregate, because a lot of the people have been coming year after year after year. So it's like meeting friends. And then you go through the house and they come back out and they're talking about, oh, my God, did you see this? Did you see how they changed that? Look at the makeup. Look at this. So it's a big, uh, it's almost like a convention atmosphere with a very, very high quality haunt. Well, that's awesome. And the one thing that we got to say is it's local because us <sighs> being the number one podcast in Polk County, it's really nice to be able to support something local like that where a local business owner took it upon himself and said, you know what, we don't have anything like this. It would be nice to be able for families and stuff to have something that's a more affordable price point than, say, a Hall of Scream or a Halloween Horror Nights and something that they can do locally that's a little bit cheaper, but also just as high a quality. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, you, just just recently it was voted number three in the USK, uh, USA Today poll on best haunts in America. 
So oh, wow. this is not a slouch. This is a yeah. good, good haunt. And, you know, it may take you, you know, an hour to get through the lines and everything and get up there. But at the end of the day, you have solid entertainment for your dollar. And, and you know, you're not going to break the bank. No, you're not. And I, I, you can't complain about an hour. Like, I've seen the wait times at Halloween Horror Nights. They're three-hour wait times for a house. So being able yeah. to get in and out of a house in an hour, that's nothing to, to – to, you know stick your nose up at that's actually really really good oh yeah i mean the, the speed also that they that they bring people through and i'm sure we'll have heavier nights it's kind of hard to predict what the season is going to look like but you know the the thing is with this is that you go through in very small groups it's not like you're being cattle herded through yeah you are in a very small group and you get individual attention one way or the other good or bad you're getting individual attention from the people that are there to scare you yeah so uh, it, it is it's an awesome awesome haunt. it's more of an intimate experience for those going oh yeah absolutely absolutely which and, and you really almost can't put a dollar amount on that because I'll tell you what and if we lose sponsorship over this it doesn't matter uh Halloween horror nights has gotten to the point where it is it's a it's a cattle run like they send you in there and you're it, it, you're literally one right after the other, and if you're slick and you're keeping an eye out, you already know where the next guy's going to pop out at because you're so bunched and close together that it really kind of takes Ruins away part. that element of surprise. Yeah, because yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, well, I already saw that guy over there. I know he's going to pop out when I turn this corner because right. the groups are so close together, and I understand they've got huge numbers that go through there, and they've got to get people through the houses – but at, at the same time, it's really nice to have an intimate experience where it's you one-on-one with this character and you really get more of a a, a classic haunt feel where it's like oh, you yeah. really get scared because it's like, oh, it's me and my five or six friends together in a group and we can't see the group in front of us and we can't see the group behind, so we don't know right. what's coming. There's no sneak preview. Yeah. You know, that's the worst thing when you're in a haunt and you can hear the person in – the front of the group reacting before you get to it. Yeah. And with this, because it's moving through so, so, uh, so well paced. Yeah. Um, you're, you're getting that shot for the first time yourself. Well, and, and I think that that's well really directed. perfect. Yeah. Well, that's, well that's awesome. Now I know you just got done doing spooky, spooky empire and I know you had a blast at that event and did great at it. What else is coming up on the plate besides, uh, shallow grave? Uh, it's it's October, so it's it's crazy time for us. Uh, of course, we've got Zombie Fest coming up. That's going to be a huge deal. Um, we've got um, the Shallow Grave is going to be running through November fifth. I don't want to yeah. jump jump ahead of that. Um, but then we also have a promotion with Burger Twenty One uh, that's coming up here. Uh, I think this week. I got to check my schedule. It's like I, if I don't have my calendar out in front of me, it gets pretty crazy. But then even towards the end of the month, we have a very special thing. Uh, one of my first feature films. Um, everyone knows Tyler Perry's Medea. Um, I, I was a part of the makeup team that, that created 50 Zombies for that film. Um, so that is a big excitement in my neighborhood, and, and we're all looking forward to going out and seeing that and having a nice viewing party for probably the two minutes it'll be on screen. But, you know, it's a big deal for us. Well, trust me, I love the Medea movie. So does my whole family. That's like usually whenever a new one comes out, it's a family outing for us. Like I, I take my mom and my dad and all three of us go and see them because we just love those movies. And the good thing is usually they're semi-family friendly. So, like, we can all go and have a good time. And as soon as I saw they were doing one for Halloween, I was like, 
this is going to be hilarious because the last one she did was the Medea Christmas. So now she's kind of gotten on the holiday kick, and I'm really excited to see the Halloween one. I think it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it's about time, too. And if you guys haven't seen the, the trailer yet, go check it out. Oh, that trailer TV. is hysterical. So yeah, and you actually get to see idea. some of the uh, zombies because that's my favorite part is, like, the zombies come up and she comes out the house with a shotgun and starts popping off rounds like, I ain't having that in my neighborhood. You know, it was <laughs> yeah. great. So, Yeah, I, I can't wait to see how it all comes together because he's notorious for doing films. Literally, that one was a seven-day shoot. Oh, the really? The entire film was done in seven days. Wow. Uh, her makeup session that we had access to, the actors and extras for the for the makeup, we only had uh, basically a 23-hour period. 23 hours from the time we showed up to the time that we left and started doing uh, the removals. So it's very, very fast-paced, but 50 zombies, anyone wants to see that on screen. Well, no, and plus, you get me some cool points, so when I go and see it with Mom and Dad, I'm like, hey, my buddy Scott did this. He was on the show, so you get me some uh, some extra cool points when I go to the movie theater and see that, so I appreciate that. Take as much as you want, buddy. <laughs> oh, I will. Any Anytime I can say something I'm doing isn't just slacking off and drinking beer with my buddy, I will take it. Because they're like, yeah. oh, he's just over there drinking beer with his buddy. He's not doing anything important, so... <laughs> So yeah, well, we'll, if we'll you definitely guys take want to hang, man, on the uh, I think that was on the twenty first, October twenty first. It yeah. comes out. You know, I'll, I'll send an invite to you. We'll we'll hook up for the for the viewing if you guys got time. Definitely, awesome. definitely send it our direction because I'm I'm really excited because that's a big deal. Like being in a Medea yeah. movie, like that's a big budget uh, picture. They always do well. So I mean, that's yeah. that's a that's a pretty nice nail to hang your hat on. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I got a little emotional when I got my, my studio credentials so I could walk around up there, and, you know, there it was, my name on uh, Tyler Parrish Studios. Uh, you know, you see that, you, you kind of made it. So it uh, it definitely uh, gives a little bit of credibility to what I do, and, of course, my mom was proud, you know, that I got on something like that, but uh, it definitely gives you a little bit of credibility. Yeah, and it also is building your resume and also – Another little feather to put in your cap as well, so it, it makes you feel good, and it makes it makes it you know all the hard work you you get to see it on display, and and it's this gotta be a great feeling. Oh hell yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So what else you got going on? I know October's busy month for you. I called it Hell Month during the break because <laughs> it is for him. Very, I mean October. Yeah, very very uh, appropriate too. Um, you know, with all of these appearances and everything too, we launched our Edible Delights. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see those. They're yeah, those looked edible, awesome. Yeah, edible wearable zombie body parts. So we've got right now we've currently got ears, toes, and fingers that we can't keep in stock. So that's like a whole sideline thing with all the other insanity. We had to go and launch a product line at the busiest time of year, but uh, it's doing really well, and we picked up some good vendors and. They really like it. Um, we've got um, some other larger distributors on board. So now we just have to fight that whole thing with distribution and, and production and putting on that hat and being able to be kind of directors of stuff like that. So very, very busy, but theirs are, are selling really well. And then as soon as we get a chance to take a rest, we've got Claremont Comic Con coming up where we're going to do a full panel, a full uh, – uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but there's someone from NBC Universal that's even going to come in and, and moderate the panel. So if you've got questions, if you if you have one of those, uh, you know, inquiring minds about special effects, that's going to be the show to go to too because it'll be professionally moderated. So um, come out to that for sure. And then uh, if you're interested in going to out of state conventions, we have HauntCon 
uh, coming up in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, that one is January 25th to the 30th. So um, I'm all over the place. I, I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to just relax and sleep, but, you know, that's for the dead anyway. And you mentioned something that uh, you wanted to talk on, on the show about uh, some sort of Christmas thing that you got lined up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, if you go to the Shallow Grave uh, website, they actually have started already teasing that they are going to have a Christmas program. So uh, there are a lot of surprises with this, but the official tagline is Pieces on Earth. So with uh, the Shallow Grave, uh, you know what to expect. It's going to be gory, it's going to be gross, and it's going to be uh, kind of uh, the opposite of what you would expect Christmas to be. But uh, like I said, Joe, Joe Phillips, he, he holds no, no punches, man. So uh, expect a, a gut puncher. Well, and that's what I like about Joe and about the shallow grave is he does these throughout the year. It's not just in October because I feel like as now I'm not the biggest horror fan in the world, but I do like horror a lot. It seems like October is like your big month and then it kind of dies off. And it's like, well, if you're a horror fan, you're a horror fan year round. It's not like, oh, I'm just a horror fan for the month of October. So he is smart enough to do things year round with the shallow grave. So he's got always got kind of different haunts going on. And I think that's really smart that he's doing one on Christmas because also, and not to hit a low note, but a lot of people get really depressed around Christmas and that would be something good to kind of get them out the house and something fun for them to do with their family and friends where it's not necessarily religious, but it's something fun that they can do that they can all do together and kind of cheer people up. Because I think, I think during the holiday season, people really need that extra cheer and that extra, a little bit of extra pep in the step in the step. Yeah, Yeah. Because I know a lot of people that get really down around the holidays. So to add something fun like that to look forward to, uh, I think is really cool, and, and it's a fun activity to do with your friends. And like we said before about the shallow grave, which is going on right now, and you guys need to check it out. They're on Facebook. They're on all that stuff. Um, is the price point is so? Uh, and I hate to use the word cheap because then you think it's low it's budget, quality, budget friendly, it's budget friendly. That's the perfect word for it yep. because it's very yep. perfect budget wise for your pocket. But you're getting high quality uh, expert. I mean. They've got Scott Finster from yep. Face Off for crying out yep. loud, yep. and in the new Medea movie, they've got quality, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> quality high level studio grade techs doing all the makeup. So I yep. mean, it's not a chintzy operation they're right. running over there. Yeah, yeah it's- no, no. And the the effects guys that I have on my team, uh, I am very very blessed that I got everyone that I asked uh, because I, I've had the opportunity to work with some of these guys and see their work. Um, and everyone I asked said yes, and they've even been offered positions at um, at Universal, and they chose to come to the Shallow Grave as opposed to going over to Universal. So it's an honor to me to be there, and I wouldn't be there if I didn't believe in Joe's vision. He is uh, an incredible, if you want to call him a boss, he doesn't act like a boss, but anything that we need, he makes sure that we have in the makeup room. Um, so expect a lot. Uh, it's going to be awesome, but... Uh, I got a shout out to uh, Waylon, one of my guys out there, Alex, Heather, uh, of course, my lovely bride, Amber. She's out there slinging blood and working makeups. So we have a, a killer team. Tom Murphy, I got to give him a special shout out because I wouldn't even have been at Shallow Grave if it wasn't for him. Uh, he was the guy that called me and said, hey, Joe's looking for someone. Would you be interested? Uh, he didn't think he could afford me. And I'm like, pitch the idea man because I, I am more about being on a project that i believe in than making a ton of money i just want to make enough 
I want to be able to pay my bills, make sure my mortgage, my car payment, my lights stay on. Um, I, I, I will sacrifice a lot if I believe in the project and the team behind us. I'm fortunate enough to be on just such a project with uh, the shallow grave. And it also just shows in your passion as well when it's something that you believe in, like it shows in your work as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't help because, again, working with the guys that I'm working with, we're constantly raising our bars and saying, oh, look at this. Look what I did over here. And, you know, at the end of the day, we have all these makeups that we've accomplished and the actors that are wearing them are happy and they're satisfied with what they've been able to emote through the makeup. So it's uh, it's an amazing experience at the end of the day to, to see all these makeups and, and how they've scared the hell out of the patrons that have come through the, the lines at the haunt. Well, and I hope that maybe in the future we'll be able to have Joe on and some of your other makeup guys on in the future, maybe for the next house or one of the other houses down the line, because I know he's going to do more throughout the year uh, besides just Christmas. But definitely have oh, maybe yeah. a night where we could have all you guys on and just kind of talk about the shallow grave and talk to all you makeup guys, because I'd, I'd really like to do that, because one of our big things here, besides being a platform for you guys to promote your stuff is also being under the learning tree and being able to learn so much from you guys. Cause I mean, you guys are experts in your field and to be able to sit down and ask somebody like that questions and learn to me, not only for the listeners, but me just personally, I love it. Like I get a huge kick out of it. Cause it's like who in a million years would have thought I could sit down with Scott from face off somebody I can call my friend and like learn all these amazing different makeup techniques and all the different things that he's doing well, with it's, makeup. It's very surreal too. Cause like literally, cause like you're like, you're transforming these people into other people. And like, and that, and what comes with it is like emotion and like all this awesome, this like feeling you get when you look at your completed work, you're happy. The fans are happy. So it's like this mutual uh, feeling that we all get when, when you guys do your work, it's, it's, it's a feeling it's hard to describe. And believe me, I'm totally humbled by that. I've, I've been able to work with and, and see the reactions of very awesome people and meet people like you guys and become friends. Uh, it, is, it is very humbling to me to see that my work is looked at that way, that people dig it that much. You know, when I got eliminated from Face Off, um, they said that uh, my, the, the anger that that, that, that uh, sponsored, the hate mail that they got, the, the the response on social media was through the roof, even more so than someone I, I looked up to at the time, Laura Tyler. She was um, kind of eliminated in a similar fashion uh, in the final round. And, you know, for people to come up to me at every show to where we can actually have a drinking game, um, whenever someone says, you got robbed, uh, my, my bride and I, we kind of look at each other and nod and, okay, that's another shot of fireball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's funny because these people, they, they've had you in their homes and they've appreciated your makeup that much to where they would get back defensive of, of you uh, being eliminated. But that's also very humbling that as an artist, for people to connect with your work that way and say, I love that character. That character that you went home on was my favorite character. Uh, the story behind it and the way that the, the actor brought the, the character to life and, of course, the design and, and execution. That 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 that's why we do this. Well, you're literally telling a story with every design and every character and creature and special effect and mold, and you're you're telling a story with every piece that you do. So. Oh yeah, you have to. That's that's what makes it successful. Um, if you just do a makeup and send it out there, and you don't know what the backstory is, you don't know what the environment it came from, 
a lot of times, if you think about all those things, uh, a very wise uh, friend of mine, um, he, he kind of develops his own characters and creates his own characters, designs them. And he said, you have to think of where this character has been, where they are, and where they're going. And in uh, in a lot of that, it's the environment. Where are they? Why? How would that affect how it looks? Um, age, you know, is it a battle worn character? Is it not? So, you know, in that in, in face off especially because we only had thirty thirty minutes to design a character, um, you're thinking about all that and much much more, packing that into a thirty minute bubble to try to have something ready to, to sculpt on. Luckily, in the real world, you have a little more time, but in the real world, they also want to see multiple designs, and then you just kicking yourself over well i want them to pick this one but i know they're going to pick this one <laughs> but uh it's it's always fun at least you have the the luxury of time though that's awesome so i mean we're excited and we're excited for what you have coming down the pipeline i mean like you said you have lakeland zombie fest which is gonna be amazing go check out be the this, sh- saturday, this so saturday go check it out check it out go check out the shallow cool. grave running until november 5th and, and then obviously the 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 pieces on earth uh little preview that they got going on i definitely check that out in, uh the holiday uh at the end of the year as well and go to scott's toy box on instagram to find some work all you put you like posted pictures of your work and in different conventions yeah. that you're at and uh and it's, definitely definitely and the studio page if you go to facebook check out scott fenster sculpture studio i i update that most often um, and that will have information on the upcoming classes, both here locally in Central Florida and North Central Florida and in Atlanta with a good friend of mine, uh, Nelson Burke, up at the engineer guy. He's having me come up and teach some classes in the very near future. So social media is the place to connect for all that stuff. We'll, we'll have a complete schedule on there. Awesome. So send us uh... – when we're done with the episode or whatever, just send us send us the link so we can put that in the description of the audio so people can just click it from the podcast so they can go check sure. you out and all that stuff as well. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the listening audience at home? Just thank you for your support, guys. I mean, it's been amazing, um, you know, just meeting with everyone at the shows and the conventions and everything like that. Um, got my first award, the Spacey Award, this past month. Congratulations on that. Yeah, that that was amazing, and again, humbling that that my peers and and people like you guys and friends voted for me and nominated me to even be in that. So, uh, last message of, of the day is is thank thank you to all my fans and friends that have uh, supported me and made this all possible. And I wanted to say one quick shout out, real quick, because I want to thank the Spacey Awards because we were actually nominated for best podcast. And we actually got to the finals, and we didn't win. Mark, who won, who has a great podcast, great guy. So I, th- I think at the end of the day, I think the right man may have won that one because he does a lot of hard work, and he is a great, great dude. Um, but I, I just want to thank the Spacey Awards just for the fact that they were trying to bring everything to light, everything from Cecil with cosplay and you with makeup and us, even though we didn't win, but being, you know, one of the best local podcasts. Like, th- I think they were doing a lot of really, really good work and shining a spotlight on something that needed a spotlight shined on it. And uh, they're doing the Lord's work over there, I'll tell you what. And uh, I, I got to give them a big shout-out and say that they, the Spacey Awards, I think, did a really good thing. And, and darn it, we're not coming in third or whatever we came in this year. We're, we're winning next year. So, Mark, I'm putting you on blast. I'm putting you on notice. We're coming for that number one spot, <laughs> Mark Who 42. So you better get ready, son, because we are coming. We're going to be number one with a bullet. <laughs> awesome. 
Congratulations uh, again, Scott, for, yeah. for winning that. It's so awesome. Thank you, guys. And anytime you need me, you holler. Well, we're definitely going to have to come by and check out that shallow grave. Man, yeah, we're that, definitely going to have to swing awesome, by and so. check it out. And definitely we want to have uh, Joe on sometime. And like I said, man, when it gets closer, uh, I don't know about the Christmas one, but I know he's going to do ones later throughout the year. I'd love to have one night if we can get you all guys on, on Skype or Google Hangout to where people can be different places and all come on and we can all talk about it. Um, I, I'd love to do that, and I, I'm sure our listeners at home would love to hear that too because, like I said, sitting under a learning tree is so cool and just hearing something that's local because being the number one podcast in Polk County, like we love to shine the spotlight on local talent and local things that our listeners here can do and especially something that's so affordable um, and so much fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that support locally means all the, I mean, it's when you have a local business, uh, this isn't a chain, this isn't a major studio, this isn't anything like that. This is something that when you see the people that made this haunt happen, they are people that work in the community. We have a plumber, we have a, a guy that's involved in, in, uh, transportation and, and logistics and, I mean, these are all people who have put their funds into this. So when you're coming to support that, you're not just supporting a conglomerate. You're supporting people within your community that believe in bringing it to the community. It's a choice that that's in Winter Haven. It's a choice that it's the way it is. So when you come through those doors and you're showing your support for that, you're supporting a lot of people that have a dream and that bring you that entertainment. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is when you're supporting something local like that, you're not supporting Universal, like at Halloween Horror Nights, or Bush Gardens over at Alice Scream that's a huge business that doesn't need the money. You're, you're supporting a mom-and-pop shop that's putting their taxes back in locally, that money's going back to local business and restaurants and things like that. And to be able to put that money back in our community, to me personally, yeah. that's huge. And, and going yeah. to a mom-and-pop thing like that means more to me than going to a big budget Halloween Horror Nights or Halloween Scream because, you know, we I don't know where that money's going once we give it to them, but at least this yeah. money I know is going back in my community, which to me personally That's, is a big, big deal. Absolutely. I mean, you can't imagine the hundreds of thousands of dollars that have gone into this and just the time factor, the time that these guys and, and myself included haven't been able to be with our family because they have to deal with permitting and fire inspections and all that stuff. So, there's so much behind the scenes that you don't even think of um, that that's all a labor of love for them. So, um, yeah, I would definitely say come out to the shallow grave, check it out, support it, blast it on, on media. If you like it, go to Facebook, go to Instagram, you know, tell people that you're enjoying it uh, because that's how it's going to get, you know, out there. It's going to be the grassroots efforts of, of fans and, and family that go to the event. And it is beyond just being a haunt. There are food trucks there. There are vendors. There's entertainment. So there's a lot going on with uh, the shallow grave beyond just the hall. Awesome. Scott, we want to thank you. You are an amazing friend, and you're an awesome talent, and we're so lucky to have you as a friend and to have you on the show. Well, thank you, gentlemen. And, again, you can count on me anytime you need me. Give me a call, holler. I'll be there. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Well, you have a good evening, brother. All righty. You guys, too. We'll see you soon. All right. Later. Later. And speaking of later, where you can find us later, you can hit us up on Twitter at HH Podcast Show. Also, send us your emails to HH Podcast. 
Also, send us your emails to hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. Also, we're going to have our good friend, The Mega Buck, from Retro Game Treasure on very, very soon. So you want to send in your questions to hhpodcastshow at gmail.com at AskTheBuck for any of your retro game questions you got that you've been dying to ask. He's going to answer them, so you definitely want to check that out. Also, go to facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show and give us a like. And, of course, you can always find us at soundcloud.com forward slash happy hour podcast. And when you're on the Twitter machine, there's not one, there's not two, but there are three hashtags you want to put in. Hashtag Happy Hour Podcast, hashtag HH Podcast Show, and of course, hashtag Deuces Deuces on on the the loose. Loose. Later. See ya.